here with an unlimited supply of misinformation, Mr. Know-It-All. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-T. And now another useless fact. I'm John Gormley. Time for Saskatchewan's smartest radio listener. And when you're on the last cycle of anything, it's a bunch of lasts. <laughs> this is my last smartest radio listener, a contest we have done here for at least a couple of decades. Every midweek Wednesday, we go to the phones. The person who won last week shows up this week as the quiz master, asks the question, and somebody invariably gets the right answer. Our friends at Little Town Apparel have prepared... And give us a prize, the beautiful, exclusive, designer-level Saskatchewan Smartest Radio Listener t-shirt. Delta Hotels, a $50 gift card, Delta Downtown, or the Marriott Besbra. So, some loot in it for you. Fame, acclaim, bragging rights, and more. There are only two rules, though, for this radio contest. You can tell the right answer to your radio you can post it. You can do whatever you want. It's only when you are on the phones does it count. Lines are already nicely jammed, which is always a good sign. 877-332-8255. And what's the second rule? Well, if you've won any time in the last 12 months, just hold off and give everybody else a chance. <laughs> oh, producer Libby, um... Very good on this one. I take no position on it. We're going to wait till James Hunter, the reigning smart guy, joins us now. And here he is in Saskatoon. Hey, how was your week, man? It was good. So hopefully your your grateful uh, friends pointed out that they'd known you were this smart for a long time. Now the rest of the world does. Oh, well, it's all good. You know, uh, it's amazing how many lawyers actually listen to your program. <laughs> well, that's a good sign. Oh, it's always good, yeah. Good. So, well, congratulations. You've been a great winner. Appreciate you listening. You have the question, sir. Fire away, and let's see what happens. You there, James? Okay. Um, uh, your producer never got a hold of me, so. Oh, my goodness. With, with the question. So, oh, sorry, yeah. man. Brando, um, okay, I apologize for that. Um, James, let me thank you very much for being here, and that's totally on us, and I apologize. Uh, we always get all the, I'm sorry, poor James. We phoned him up, put him on the radio, and James, you've been a very worthy winner. Hope you enjoy all the swag, and thanks so much. Okay. Well, we might as well, the last one, have had a glitch. So here's the question, and I get to ask the question to you. Who was the youngest member of parliament elected in the 1984 general election? Who was the youngest MP elected that year? That was the largest parliamentary majority in Canadian history. There were 211 conservatives elected, 50 liberals, some new Democrats. Uh, it was a big landslide. Brian Mulroney and the conservatives won, who was the youngest MP elected in the 1984 election. Okay, that would have been the question. Hey, there's an open line for you now. Quickly get your calls in. Hello? Michael and Shonovan, you are in the very best position. Do you know the I answer? I would say John Gormley. Final answer? Yes. Oh. 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 
<laughs> oh, I'm such a jerk. Um, okay. Scott in Swift Current. 1984, the huge big conservative win. Uh, that's when I was elected to the House of Commons. Who was the youngest MP elected? And it was not John Gormley. Yeah, that's, uh, that was going to be my guess. Um, I'm going to have to say... Um, <laughs> boo, I will say... Okay, Shear wasn't voted in yet. Andrew Shear was a small boy at the time, just a child. Well, I was only ten, so. Um, <laughs> uh, thinking of one. It was actually so long ago. Many of them are distant memories. Yeah. Um, You're doing a good try, though. Just uh, so. I, I'm just gonna throw out a name. I will go uh, back then. Who was? Oh, uh, who took over from Mulroney? It, uh, oh, I can't think of anybody back right now. So. Okay, good try though. I mean, you're heading in a direction. Eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Who was the youngest MP elected in the 1984 general election? I, at 27, was the youngest in Western Canada. So I was not the youngest overall. So that was the trick question. James in Saskatoon, who are we looking for? Kim Campbell. Kim Campbell, final answer? Yep. Oh, she was way older than me. Eric in Saskatoon, and she actually got elected a little bit later. Eric, what are we after? Um, I'm going to take a wag here. And uh, say it was Jean Charest. Now, what if I told you Jean Charest? I was 27. Jean Charest was 26, but he was not the youngest. Shoot. Doesn't help you, though, does it? No. Youngest cabinet minister. <laughs> You're getting closer. And Jean Charest is closer because, just in terms of geography, Charest much closer than a Western Canadian, you and me. Jack in Saskatoon, who was the youngest MP elected in the 1984 general election? Uh, was it Joanne Zeselinchuk? Joanne Zeselinchuk was very young, but she was elected in the provincial election. Actually, a couple of years earlier in 1982. So, very good try. This was the federal election in 84. And the very youngest MP at that time, was not from Western Canada. Here's your hint. Mason in Regina, do you know where we're going? No, I don't. This is way, way before my time, so I'm going to say Brian Mulroney. Okay, I could try it. It's okay. You know, it's one thing you figure out pretty quickly, the things that happened nearly 40 years ago exclude a ton of our listeners. Lorne in Drake, Saskatchewan, what do you say? Oh, man, when you said it was not Western Canada, I was going to take a chance at uh, Lauren Nystrom. See, actually, um, it was. I was hoping somebody would, because Nystrom, when he was first elected, was very, very young. Of course, by 84, Nystrom had been around a few years. Mm -hmm. But Nystrom was, I think, when he was elected back, gosh, way back in the 70s, he was very, very, he was early 20s. Yeah. So, so, so you didn't say Lorne Nystrom, but I um, can't even I can't even come up with a name from Eastern Canada. Eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. 
This is a hard name because this individual did do two terms in the House of Commons, uh, was from the same, oh, let's say it, Quebec. So Jean Charest at 26 was very young, but he was not the youngest. This was a Quebec MP who was the youngest MP elected that year in 84. Greg in Saskatoon. Oh, you threw me off when you said Quebec. I'm, I was going to say Ken Dryden. Yeah, Ken Dryden came around a little bit later. Okay. But good try. Uh, Tommy and Dalmany, what say you on the youngest MP elected in the 84 general election? How about uh, Andrew Shear? And good try. Andrew Shear was too young in 84 to be elected, but good, uh, good go. Tracy in Broadview. Uh, how about Joe Clark? Joe Clark was a good try. Uh, Joe Clark was a very young prime minister back in 1979, uh, but no, not Joe Clark. Okay. This is one where you really need Uncle Google. <laughs> and you might not even get help there, but we're talking about a Quebec MP who was at that time in 1984, the youngest MP elected in that huge Mulroney sweep, a conservative from Quebec. Now, can you get it? Kyla, let me just make sure I put the mouse there in. Waldheim is next. And then you on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm John Gorman. Welcome to, uh, in the week of lasts, it is our last, at least for me, version of Saskatchewan's Smartest Radio Listener. And I was just looking at uh, talking with the production team as the Evan Bray Show gets all ready to launch on Monday. Gosh, Evan and I have had a great couple of nights uh, out and about meeting with lots of people. It's been fun. He's a terrific guy, longtime friend, and I am so stoked. I think Smartest Radio Listener is going to continue, isn't it? I'm just looking at the, uh, yeah, I think it's because there'll be some format things that'll change. There'll be some new things. It'll still be the talk show, 830 to 1230 every day. But you can understand with a new show comes some new changes. But there will be, I think this will continue. Uh, so this is my last go. Question today. It was a trick question producer Libby created. I knew she was up to something. And I said, okay, last one for me, we can do it. In the 1984 landslide conservative victory, there were a ton of people who'd never been in politics before. Who was the youngest MP elected in that 1984 general election? That's when I had my one stint in politics. I was 27. I was the youngest in Western Canada, but I was not the youngest. Jean Charest was a year younger than me at 26. He was not the youngest. And he went on to a distinguished career in politics as a conservative and as a liberal. But it was a person in Quebec who was elected along with Charest, the youngest person in that 84 election. Kyla in Waldheim, do you know what we're after? No, because I just realized my guess is wrong. So I'm going to do the wild-ass one. going to miss you, John. Um, Thank you. Justin Trudeau. <laughs> Good try, but he was just a kid. <laughs> but uh, you take care, my friend. Marcel in Emerald Park. What are we after, Marcel? Um, I used Uncle Google, and the only name I could find is Dennis Mon Monier. 
In Quebec? In Quebec. Unfortunately, no. But a very good try. You're getting a lot closer. James in Saskatoon. 84, big landslide win. The Tories take 211 of 282 seats. One of them is a Quebec MP. Did two terms. And a lot of people didn't know her name out here. Whoops, I just gave away her gender. Youngest person elected in 84. Who are we after? Andre Champagne. <laughs> Very good try. But Andre Champagne <laughs> was older than we were, our 20 gang. Uh, Jay in Saskatoon. What are we after, Jay? Unfortunately, John, I do not have the right question. My uh, right answer, my answer would have been, um, and I just completely forgot about it, but thanks for your time for everything. No, well, you take care, man. Thank you for hanging on. Joyce in Nippon, Joyce. Well, uh, I was going to say Pierre, but uh, now that it's woman, I think I've got it wrong. It's okay. See, I was narrowly going but- to, you know, I keep giving hints. <laughs> but this is a woman from Quebec, the youngest MP elected in the 84 election. Uh, well, I was going to say Pierre-Luc Dussault. He was the youngest male in 1984, but not the right one. Good try. Mike in Cupar. Mike? Yeah, hi, John. Um, I don't think you, you, you threw me a left curve when he gave away the gender, but my guess was Claude-Andre <laughs> Lachance. Okay, good one, but no, this is a female in Quebec, youngest, and of course, she actually, by at that time, was the youngest woman ever elected to the House of Commons. Maybe there's your Google answer. Since that time, there have been younger women, but in 1984, this was the youngest MP elected, and at that point, the youngest female ever in Canadian history, Curtis in Saskatoon. Well, John, the only question I have left is, uh, is Dufferin Roblin a woman? <laughs> Duff Roblin <laughs> was not a woman. Duff Roblin uh, was a distinguished politician from Manitoba. Good try, though. Uh, then, of course, was the premier of Manitoba as well. Shannon and Carlisle. What are we after, Shannon? Well, uh, I was wrong like everybody else. I'm going to say Marie Antoinette. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe Marie Antoinette was young, but she had other problems. Tanner in Yellow Creek, 1984, youngest MP elected that election, a woman in Quebec. Uh, John, I think you're after Carol Jacques. You think I'm after Carol Jacques, the young 24-year-old lawyer elected for two terms in Montreal? That's the one. Look at you! And this was one where I don't expect anybody to walk around with that in their head. So you did a little bit of uh, creative searching? Yeah, your hints really helped me narrow it down. <laughs> Good stuff, yeah. Carol Jauk was a uh, progressive conservative MP elected in Montreal-Mercier, uh, did uh, two terms, served in uh, the Parliament after that, and then, of course, uh, she ran as an independent in the 93 election and lost to the Bloc Quebecois. I don't ever know what came of Carol Jauk. She was a thoroughly delightful person, and at 24 years old in the 1980s, uh, was an absolute groundbreaker. Uh, Tanner... Congratulations. Uh, what's your last name? Borsa. Tanner Borsa, well-known in that area, and you've been a winner before. I have, yeah. This is my second one. 
Fantastic. See, I, I know your name so well. It must be from social media. I thought you may have been one of our many, many time repeat winners, or maybe that's just because you're so smart. <laughs> Let's go with the second choice. <laughs> uh, what do you do in Yellow Creek, Tanner? I'm a farmer. Good stuff. Uh, some uh, winter projects underway? A uh, couple things here and there, yeah. Good stuff. Well, you know what you're in for if you've won before, Tanner. You expect the admiration of your friends, the fame, the claim. Uh, you will pick up from Little Town Apparel the terrific Saskatchewan Smartest Radio Listener T-shirt. Delta Hotels will have that $50 uh, hotel card for you. And uh, Tanner... It has been an absolute delight every single day chatting with people like you. So uh, next time uh, you will likely be talking uh, with Evan Brave. Of course, you will be talking with him. And uh, thanks so much for listening. Hey, thanks, John. Best luck in your uh, (laughs) non-retirement. Okay, you too. Take care, man. Now, hang on, Tanner. We'll just find out uh, where Tanner Borsa will be next week. And uh, he'll be the quiz master on the brand new Evan Bray show, which will start here Monday. I'm John Gormley. Yes, the uh, week of lasts. Tomorrow, the last Bugs Day, the hour of rage. And then Friday, of course, we're going to turn it over to you. uh, Wide open phones, and uh, it'll be uh, your session and my session and our last chance to chat. I can hardly wait. This is 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. So the uh, mid, I, I was called the midterm, it's not, it's the fall economic statement, which really is a midpoint because you saw the budget in March. Uh, next March, you will see the next budget, uh, $20.5 billion more than was in the budget to be spent over the next five years. So the government's rationing uh, all of this out. The actual deficit... <laughs> And this is small consolation, is exactly the same. So the budget that we're in right now, the 2023 budget, is projected to have a deficit or a shortfall of $40 billion. And so it will. So Krisha Freeland yesterday, when she brought down the fall economic statement, was throwing around some money. $15 billion new dollars For housing construction, well, it turns out it's low-interest loan funding through CMHC, so that won't really show up on the balance sheet. Uh, In terms of actual money being spent, they are going to spend $1 billion on co-op housing, non-profit public housing providers, so that will be available there. And they're also going to start, because, of course, nothing says government takes housing seriously, a new government department called Housing Infrastructure and Communities. Uh, other takeaways, they're clamping down on Airbnbs and VRBOs. In the provinces that have banned Airbnbs, and you might not know this, they're actually being regulated and banned in Vancouver, uh, Toronto, and Montreal. So that's, you know, for people who were hoping to make a little money on a side hustle, either their own property or property they would buy for this. Uh, Ottawa, in those areas, 
is going to restrict the tax deductibility on expenses related to short-stay properties. So it won't affect us. Uh, And if you are in kind of a more commercialized Airbnb, you know, you might own a condo or two, that that's all you do is Airbnb or VRBO, you will be okay. It's only in the provinces and in particular the cities that restrict that. Uh, Mortgage holders, the government has announced a charter uh, for mortgages at banks. Now, this doesn't mean anything. It's really a summary of all the existing rules. The charter reminds you of your rights. So the ability to change amortization periods for a fixed period of time, do some lump sum pay downs, do those sorts of things. Uh, the new deficit target, as I said, $40 billion, just like it was going to be, they've made a commitment that in future The federal deficit will never be more than 1% of GDP beginning in 2026. So that's a $32 billion deficit going forward. Uh, The only other thing about the deficits, so they did have a series of deficit projections. Gone is any sense the budget will be balanced at any point before 2030. So next six years, no mention of a balanced budget. And the other thing that's important, accumulated debt, because every single year you take that budget deficit, add it to the accumulated debt for a long, long time, like 1867, we were at about $680 billion. That was the sum of all the deficits in Canadian history, less what had been paid down. I mean, in the 90s, we actually paid down some debt. Today, it's $1.2 trillion nearly double in eight years. Uh, The other takeaway that is pretty important, overall government spending, and this is where you always want to assess government. Last year, the government spent $474 billion. This year, $489 billion. So more is being spent. So that was a little bit of the takeaway. We started the show this morning with uh, Jazz Halan, uh, Jasrat Singh Halan, who is the conservative finance critic, he's the uh, Forest Lawn MP in Calgary, and we checked in with him in Ottawa. We asked him, uh, what were you looking for? What did you see? We were looking for some type of hope. We were looking for interest rates to come down because Canada's most at risk in the G7 for a mortgage default crisis, and that's it's because the government spent more than, this liberal NDP government spent more than every government before them combined, which fueled 40-year highs in inflation that made the governor of the Bank of Canada raise interest rates at the most rapid rate in Canadian history. So there was, we didn't see that in there. We wanted to see the, the axing of the quadrupling of the carbon tax. That's another thing we were looking for, so we could bring down the cost of gas, groceries, and home heating. We saw the prime minister do a massive flip-flop on this carbon tax scam where he gave 3% of Canadians in Atlantic Canada a carve-out, where his poll numbers were tanking, but left out the rest of Canadians. We didn't see that either. We wanted to see more more homes being built, not bureaucracy. So those are the things that we were looking for. At the end of the day, what did we end up with? We ended up with things like, now prices are up, rent is up, debt is up, taxes are up, liberal photo ops are up, and now time is up. So the things we were looking for, we did not see inside of this uh, false hopes statement that was that came out yesterday. MP Jasalan, uh, some of the things the conservatives were criticizing about this. 
I'm having a little trouble with something. Have you ever experienced grief? Yep. I would dare say, and maybe we're talking to an audience, what, how old would our average listeners be? There's a ton of you in your 20s. There's a ton of you in your 60s, 70s, and beyond. So the target audience for this show is usually into those early middle age years. I would dare say by the time you've hit 40, you've experienced grief. Some of you experienced grief when you were kids. Often grief is through the loss of someone we love, someone close to us. Uh, Grief, as is pointed out by uh, an organization called the Canadian Grief Alliance, can even be the loss of a relationship. Uh, a medical diagnosis, a meaningful aspect of life. Yeah, okay, if yeah, that's the definition, has anyone not experienced grief? I don't think any of us has been spared from that. And I think in the thousands of generations humans have walked upright on the earth, grief has been part of our DNA. So, I don't know how to put this because I sound like an insensitive jerk. Oh, that would be a first. Um, You can't throw around the kind of money that Justin Trudeau has done in eight years. I mean, this government has spent $1.2 trillion as our cube. That's overspending. I mean, this is a government that has thrown around every single year hundreds of billions of dollars on every imaginable thing. Well, ready for this? The government of Canada has announced $1 million in funding to the Canadian Grief Alliance to better support Canadians who are living with grief. Now, okay, a billion is a thousand million, and we're 40 billion in the hole every single year. We were over a hundred billion in the hole during the pandemic. So what's a million? In government accounting, a million is kind of like if you still use pocket change to go to Tim's, it'd be like that. But the Canadian Grief Alliance, and they they partner with a virtual hospice group, uh, the Canadian Alliance for Children's Grief, because people have lost a child. Uh, But Part of the human journey is all of us unpack, process, inform ourselves, live with grief. Now, there are mental health implications. So there's an argument that if you have the government funding grief agencies, you may be able to mitigate some of the trauma related to some people's grief. So I'm just curious. And this is... Um, part of the statement of the Canadian Grief Alliance. This is an important first step in getting government funding to improve support for grieving Canadians. We look forward to engaging Canadians and organizations across the country in a social movement to improve our collective ability to respond to grief. So is grief something that becomes a movement funded by government? If you can help people, 
and clearly we all need to reach out. We need help with our grief. You look to a lot of different sources. But I, I must confess, when I saw the announcement, it, and again, in my entire adult life, uh, I've gone through grief, you've gone through grief, we all have, sometimes a crippling grief, and we've reached out. And this isn't the government paying for counseling, though I did note one of the footnotes in Christian Freeland's uh, statement yesterday, they've uh, waived the GST on any fees related to uh, counseling, psychological counseling, because some professional services draw a GST fee. That I thought was good. Because many people reach out for counseling and all sorts of things. But I'm having trouble figuring out what I think of this. Because I don't want to get into this, it's only a million. Well, if I dropped a million bucks on you right now, that would be a life-changing, altering event. But when the government drops a million, it is just a tiny drop in the bucket. 877-332-8255. The Canadian Grief Alliance, thanks to its million dollars from Ottawa, is now preparing the country's first national grief strategy. Do we need a national strategy on grief? Like, like there's a part of this that says this is the weird, endless reinvention of the wheel because we've been going through grief as long as humans have been humans. But there's another part that says, well, hey, this is doing it differently, and we all want to do things differently and hopefully better. What do you think? Is there a government role to help you deal and help us all deal with grief? And I don't know the answer to that. 877-332-8255. 877-332-8255. Join the conversation. This is 650-CKOM and 980-CJME. I'm John Warmly. Living with loss is part of living, and we all do it. Grief. Uh, Every single person, I would agree with the advocates who are now being funded by the federal government, that most Canadians are affected by grief, loss of a loved one, loss of a relationship, a life-changing issue. So the Canadian Grief Alliance is now setting up partners. They're working on a strategy for 2025. Now that they've received a million dollars from the Trudeau government, and this will be seed money for something that will obviously come in quantities much higher than a million. And I'm not trying to be facetious or smart on this thing, I like smart alecky, because I don't know the answer. There's a part of me that says grief has been around as long as every single human has. So how does the government get involved? You know, I'm from the government. I'm here to help you. Well, sometimes how do we deal with grief? I mean, does government need to be funding? There's another part of me that says, heck, If you can pave the way and make every successive generation live in a way that deals with grief better, well, is it money well spent? 877-332-8255. Gloria in St. Albert, Alberta, what do you think? Well, John, first of all, I just, a couple little things before we get into it. I'm a friend of Curtis Sablocki, so he told me something in July, and I'm like, no, no. It can't be true, but it is, unfortunately. And when you were talking earlier about um, you had Kevin and Jack and Lumsden, 
And uh, Quick Dick know, McDick, talking. the three of them were yes. together yesterday. Yes. Yeah, That's on you. Like, that's what you've done. You've <laughs> brought people with varying views um, across the province and across Canada that listen to you. And you've allowed them to talk, and we can, like, we can talk to each other and have different opinions and still talk to each other. And that's on you. So I'm, I'm hoping Evan Bray will continue this. It remains to be seen, but excellent job. That's the two things I wanted to say. And now getting into this grief You're thing. Very I'm kind. You Evan, Evan will do a great job. Sorry, on the grief issue, Gloria. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the, I was telling him uh, our daughter was diagnosed with cancer when she was 12 years old. So you can imagine what that did to her um, psyche and, and our family. And when you talk about grief of a relationship, one relationship between her and I was done. And we had to build on something different because, and, and even now she's 25, she's doing great. She's studying, uh, it's propelled her into this life of, she's just finished yesterday, her counseling, um, um, master's in counseling and psychotherapy in Australia. And uh, so it's propelled her into this life of helping people deal with um, grief, mental health. And I was saying to your producer, that is such a personal journey. That's, I mean, it's different for everyone. It's different how you handle it. It's, even for her and I, we have, we have some issues that we have to work out because the way I processed her cancer diagnosis and what it did to me is different than how she processed yeah. her cancer diagnosis and how it went on for her. And so how is the government, like, I, I don't understand, government-aided agency going to help us with that? I don't understand what they're going to do for us. Yeah, you know, I, that's a great, and as I think that's a question we don't have answered, but of course, there tends to be, as you know, once government opens up the funding, you've then got all sorts of agencies and sub-agencies who will coordinate things, you know, and there's money in it for everybody. Is it going to solve individually how we process grief? I don't think so because we, because like I said, it is all, it's so different for everybody. Like maybe she, Maria needs counseling. My daughter needs counseling. And maybe I need something different. Like, I, I just think it's a waste of money. I do. I, like I said, I'm with you on the, on the whole grief thing. I understand. And the whole mental health thing, we, that's right. She's going to have jobs galore when she comes back here because we need mental health support workers 100 percent but a government agency taking a million dollars now and god knows what else later to help us process this i think it's a waste of money callers always interesting here we ask you questions sometimes i don't have a clue what the answers are going to be and i don't have them myself coming up top of the hour don savoie a much celebrated canadian academic new brunswicker Political scientist, he's got a great new book called Canada, Beyond Grudges, Grievances, and Disunity. It's a good read, and you'll hear about it here next on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.